All right, Jamosei. Good evening, good evening. But again, all, all kidding aside, tremendous Yashkar Tabshmo for always uh, taking such good care of us every night. Delicious. Absolutely delicious. All right, let's begin. So, Rabbi we are up to Dafchof Beis, and I believe, if I remember correctly, we left off at the second wide line. Is that correct, Tanya? Does that look right? Yeah? All right, excellent. So, we'll say, so Tanya, you do have a So, say, so remember, interestingly enough, we are still dealing with Takhanas Ezra, which is the Takhana that says that a man who is a Balkari, a man who experiences a seminal emission, cannot learn Torah and cannot daven until he goes to the mikvah. So that, that's, that's where we're still holding in this. So the Gemara says, Tanya, Rabbi Huda ben Maseira, Rabbi Huda ben Maseira says, Ein hayomer, Ein divrei Torah mekabel tumah. The words of Torah are not mekabel tumah. Not mekabel tumah. So I'll say, what, what, what that's another way of saying is what? Is you can't say that you can't learn Torah if you're tummy. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You can tell me you can't go to the base of Mikdash. You can tell me you can't bring Karbanos. You can tell me a whole bunch of things. But you can tell me that you can't learn Torah if you're Tameh. Words of Torah are not Mechabal Tumah. We'll say it's, such a, it's also such a beautiful statement, right? That there are certain things in life, you know, we'll say if you think about it, in this world, there are things that are holy, but the truth is, love Dafka, that their holiness is consistent and immutable. Right, but there are certain things that have unbreakable chains or unbreakable bonds of holiness. So one of those things, ultimately, again, is Torah. Words of Torah are not mekabel tumol. Let's listen to this. Easy. So what happens? The Gemara says, so there was a story of a particular Talmud who was megamgim. I will say megamgim was he was in the base madrash, and he was like megamgim. I don't want to use the word stuttering because it's not a stutter, but like he was like, what was it? Stammering, stammering, right? But not stammering because, you know, maybe there was a speech issue. Just like you could tell, like, you know, like somebody wants to say something, but they don't want to say something. So they kind of like, eh, nah, nah, right? Josh Rosemont, look at this. It's like an all-star night tonight. Baruch Hashem, incredible, incredible. All right, so let's say, so now, 22A, third, third wide line. So the Talmud, the Talmud was kind of like muttering, stammering. He wasn't, he wasn't clearly enunciating his words. So what happened? So Amr Bni, Psach Picha, V'ya'iru Dvarecha. It was so beautiful. So Yehudim and Beseira kind of caught on. I don't know how he intuited this, but he figured that the guy was a Balkari. How exactly you intuit that? Don't try that. Right? In general, right? right? So, but somehow he intuited that the guy was a Balkari. And so he says to the guy, essentially, I mean, he said it much nicer, but he said, like, spit it out. Right? Psach picha, open your mouth, via let your words shine forth. Shein divrei Torah mekablun tumah. Because words of Torah are not able to be mekablun tumah. Well, so it's really such a, so Behuda sensed that there was something up with the guy, something going on. So Allah says, stop stammering, stop stammering. Don't worry, you can speak Torah. Words of Torah do not contract tumah. Shene emar, halo kol devarai ke'esh no mashem. So it's actually quite beautiful. Gemara over here quotes on the Pasik <coughs> from Yermio. And the Pasik in Yermio says, <coughs> excuse me, Hello, cold says, My words are like fire. Just like fire is not in the Kabbal Tumah, so too words of Torah in the Kabbal Tumah. So, both say, so this statement of Rabbi Hudim and Biseira is really very interesting. Because what it sounds like is Rabbi Huda ben Maseira doesn't hold of this Takhan Ezra. 
Right? Remember again, the whole chap of Takhanas Ezra is if a man has a seminal emission, you can't learn Torah, you can't daven until you go to the mikvah. And Rabbi Huda Rebbe says, no, words of Torah, they're not makabal Toma. Okay, so what we will have to see how to reconcile this. <clears throat> Amar Mar, so Mar said, Matsia Esam Mishnah, Matsia Esam Mishnah. Remember again, we saw this last week's year that, um, that, that even according to the opinions that say that you can learn Torah as a Balkari, there are certain limitations. In other words, a person sh- should learn kind of like a perfunctory or in a superficial way, but not in a deep or, or insightful way. So, for example, so Mar said, you could expound upon the Mishnah, but you don't expound upon the Gemara. You could expound upon the Mishnah, but you can't expound upon the Gemara. So Gemara says, in reality, Kitanoi. This is a Machlokis. And what's Machlokis Tanoi? What could a Baal carry do? That, that's the bottom line. It's So, Matzias and Mishnah, Veno Matzias Agimar. Divir Rabbi Meir. Meir says, you can expound upon Mishnah, but you can't expound upon Gimar. Rabbi Huda ben Gamliel, Rabbi Huda ben Gamliel, Omer. Rabbi ben Gamliel says, Mishum, Rabbi Chanina ben Gamliel, Ze Vize Aser. He holds no. You can't expound on Mishnah, you can't expound on Gimara. But Amri La, Ze Vize Mutter. Others say both are permitted. The one who says that both are Asr Hills are Kabyochanan Sandler. And the one who says both are permitted holds the Krabi Hudim Bembesera. Okay, so we'll say so the point over here is Machlokes Tanoim. So there's a real fundamental machlokes about what a Balkari can or can't do before going to the mikvah. Amrav Nachman. So Rahmachmari Kehani Tlas Sabi. In general, we conduct ourselves like three old men. In other words, we paskin like three elders. Which three elders? Number one, Bereshis Agaz Kraviyoshia. Bereshis Agaz is the halacha that says that when you shear your sheep, you give the first shearings to the Kohen. It's one of the right Kohanim get multiple gifts. They get truma, they get certain sacrificial parts, and what they also get are the first shearings. The first shearings. So we pass like Rabbi Yoshia by Rabbi Yoshia. Now we don't know what Rabbi Yoshia says. We'll get to it in just a moment. Kelayim refers to forbidden mixtures. The, the prohibition to plant different species together. So we hold like Rabbi Yoshia. Sorry, we hold like, like, um, like Rabbi Yoshia when it comes to Kelayim. And ultimately, again, and like when it comes to a Baal Keri and Divrei Torah. So let's expand upon each of these things. What does it mean, what does it mean that we call the Krabi Yoshia when it comes to the first shearings? So the Gemara says, um, so the Gemara says, um, I'm sorry, Disanya, Rabbi Eloi Omer, Reishis Hagaz, Noeg, Ella Ba'aretz. It's actually quite interesting. So ultimately, Rabbi Yoshia says, sorry, Rabbi Eloi says, the Reishis Hagaz only applies in Eretz Yisrael. So the halacha of first shearings only applies in Eretz Yisrael, and that's how he paskin. Okay. Rabbi Yoshia B'Kelayim, what does it mean, Pasuk Rabbi Yoshia, when it comes to Kelayim, forbidden mixtures? K'dichsev, karmechal lo sizra, right? Lo sizra, karmechal kelayim. Rabbi Yoshia Omer, the oh, I'm supposed to say in general, you are not allowed to plant something else in your vineyard, right? So there's a whole bunch of halachas that deal with this, that namely, again, how you have to make sure to space other items from your vines, right? You can't plant things too close to each other. Those are forbidden mixtures. Rabbi Oshia says, the olam eno chayiv rachita usaora the b'mapoles yad. And ultimately, again, 
Rabbi Yoshia says, you can, right, you're only chayif if you plant literally again a wheat kernel, a barley kernel, and a grape seed all together in one. Okay, so this is his interpretation of the halach over here. And Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseru Divrei Torah. What does he know? I pass Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseru when it comes to Divrei Torah. What does that mean? The Sanya. Here we go. About Sanya. The Sanya. Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseru. Omer ein Divrei Torah mekablum tuma. So I will say this is the famous position of Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseru that we just famous. I mean, we just saw it five minutes ago, right? But it's famous, namely Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseru says Torah is not mekabel tuma. What does he mean that Torah is not mekabel tuma? Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseru says even a balkeri. He's permitted to learn, permitted to daven, and there's absolutely no restrictions upon him. Okay, so I'll say, so now obviously we are left with a glaring problem, right? What's our glaring problem? We have on one hand Ezra, and Ezra seemed to say about Kari really is precluded from davening, from learning. Maybe the only thing he could do is what? The only thing he could do is what? Is Shema, maybe because Shema is Daraisa. Right? But aside from that, no diving or learning. And Rabbi Hudim and Maseir is saying, no, a Balkari could do anything and everything. Right? A Balkari could do anything and everything. Again, why? Because words of Torah are not Mechabal Torah. So how we pass, how we reconcile, we're going to have to get to. So let's go a little bit right there. It says the Gemara, Kiyasa Ziri, here we go, both say, this is, this is really incredible. Kiyasa Ziri, Amar, Batlua Latvilusa. Ziri came along and said, we have essentially negated the Takana of Ezra. Wow. We've negated it. Once upon a time, the halacha was that a Valkyrie would have to go to the mikvah prior to learning Torah. We have been mevatal that takana. It no longer applies. Vamrila, but luha linetilusa. Others say, no, 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 you got you wrong, right, fake news. They, they weren't mevatal. They weren't mevatal tvila. What were they mevatal? What were they mevatal? Netila. Say, what does Natila mean? <laughs> Bless you. This is talking about Natila Siadaim ultimately again before davening. We'll say we know that there are multiple hand washings that we have in halacha. This is when you wake up in the morning, there's Nigelvasar, Natila Siadaim. There's also an additional halacha that says that before you daven, one should wash their hands. Just a, a ritual washing. A ritual washing. So we'll say, listen to this. So some say, so apparently the way this works like this Ziri said the rabbis got up and decided to abolish. The, the Takana of Ezra, a Balkari doesn't have to go to the mikvah before learning or davening. Others say, no, no, no. That's not what Ziri said. Ziri said they abolished the need to wash your hands specifically before you daven. That's what they abolished. So what's going on over here? So we'll say the opinion that says that they abolished the need to, for a Balkari to immerse himself, that actually works out okay. Right? Why? Whose opinion does it reflect? Whose opinion? Rabbi Huda ben Beseira. What did Rabbi Huda ben Beseira say? What did he say? Ein divrei Torah mekablin tumah. Words of Torah aren't mekablin tumah. They don't become truly impure. So that makes sense. That makes sense. Man damar batlula What about the opinion that says that they abolished the rule requiring you to wash your hands before davening? Kiha dravchista layit amon demahadir amaya biidon salusa. Ravchista cursed the person who would start looking for water at the time of David. And we'll say, what was the concern? In other words, as nice as it is to have to wash hands, we'll say, you know, we live, we live in such different times, right? You want water, you want water. Okay, you know, choose. What do you want? You want the sink, you want the water fountain, you want this, you want that. So we'll say, so again, once upon a time, you tell people that they have to wash their hands before davening, you have to go and find water. You, ha- you have to go. As you know, you know, it's interesting. I, I felt I had like, a, like an old man moment a couple of days ago. So my kids, my kids were all in the house. And I see that like everybody's going like to the closet 
and taking out like like a bottle of water. I'm like, guys, you know, like like there's a sink, there's a sink. I like Daddy, but it's it, it's Target. It's so inexpensive. I I, I said I got it. I, I, it's not a financial. I guess it's kind of a financial thing, but like there's like a sink right there. It's actually it's actually it's further. Right? It's more of a distance to actually go and get the bottle of water. And then I yelled at them for leaving the door open. I said we have to heat the whole neighborhood. And I thought it was good. I felt like a, I felt like I was really coming into my own. But you know, it, it was, you know, we 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 we, we live like. We live in like such a different time. It's just incredible, right? So you could just no, no, no. I don't, I don't want, I don't want water from the sink. I don't want water from the sink. I, I'd rather just drink it from, drink it from the bottle. You know, say so, so again. So, so which comes from the sink, right? <laughs> I'm like, it's like, it's like, you know, you know, like Target doesn't have like some, like you know, some, some spring, some secret spring, right? In the, you know, in the Acadia, you know, Acadia, Maine, you know, some untainted source. I said it's some guy like in the employee bathroom, you know, filling up stuff, right? Who did, who didn't wash his hands, right? Do whatever, and we pay for it. Any event, so I say. Solomaisa, Solomaisa, what's interesting about this is as follows. So therefore, we'll say, according to this opinion, they negated hand wash. In other words, they said you don't have to wash your hands before you dive. Because what was the concern? People were, okay, so if it's Allah, I want to fulfill it. And what's the problem? The problem is people ended up missing out on davening in the pursuit of water. Which I will say, by the way, if you think about it, is, is such a profound metaphor for what so often happens in life, right? So you're going to get this straight. So people would miss davening because they were looking for water. So you say that, you say, this, oh, that's crazy. I'll say, how many times does it happen that we just become hyper-focused on all the wrong things? And in the pursuit of becoming hyper-focused on something, I, I, I miss out on all this other stuff, right? I have a problem in life, I have a problem, and that problem is so all-consuming that it prevents me from seeing all of the beautiful good that I have going on. I'm so hyper-focused on the wrong thing. So I will say, this is not a new dynamic. It's not a dynamic. There are people who became so hyper-focused on finding water to daven that they didn't daven. That they didn't daven. So Machlokis over here, this is interesting. So what Ziri is highlighting is they definitely negated, they definitely abolished a rabbinic enactment. It's a Machlokis as to which one they abolished. Was it Takanas Ezra? Or was it the need to wash your hands before davening? Okay, again, both said we're going to do some good halachalamas in all of us. Let's go a little bit later. We're not finished yet. Turn So we'll say, here we go. So we'll say, this is fascinating. He says, Turn So we'll say, here we go. What happens if you have a balkari that didn't go to the mikvah, but instead he poured upon himself nine kabin of water? So we'll say, so what's nine kabin? Let's say, just say for our, for our purposes, about five and a half gallons. About five and a half gallons of water. That's about nine kabin. So let's, so essentially we'll say, what it's talking about, we, I, I, I think we mentioned this a little while back. Took a shower. Took a shower. I'm sorry? Seven minutes. Seven minutes, right? See, either you can measure it in time or measure the amount of water. The point over here is, he poured nine kabin over himself. Shazlov tisha kabin. Ma'im tahar. Ultimately, such a person is tar. Now we'll say, now let's be clear. The concept of Tisha Kabin, the idea that you could pour upon yourself, right? I will say, and the idea over here is that Tisha Kabin is enough water to ensure that the body is thoroughly cleaned. Thoroughly clean. So watch this. So what happened over here? So if a person was a Balkari, man was a Balkari, and instead of going to the mikvah, he poured nine Kabin. In other words, he took a shower. Took a long enough shower. Ultimately, he's tar. Ultimately, he's tar. 
So Nachem Ish Gamzu, so listen to this. Nachem Ish Gamzu, Loch Shal Rabbi Akiva, so listen to this. So Nachem Ish Gamzu, what's saying? Now, you know the same Nachem, we'll get to, right? Nachem Ish Gamzu is the Gamzu Latova. Now, he was Rabbi Akiva's Rabbi. Who's Rabbi Akiva's Rabbi? So Nachem Ish Gamzu whispered this halacha to Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva Loch Shal Ben Azai, Rabbi Akiva whispered it to Ben Azai. Ben Azai went out and taught it publicly. Okay, so what's going on with the whispering? So the Gemara says, listen to this. So, there was a machlokes tanoim. We'll say, what's, what's the machlokes tanoim? What is the machlokes tanoim? Um, okay, fine, I want to do some rash. Fine. What was the machlokes tanoim? So, right? So, two, two Amorab and Aritzra argued on this. Rabbi Yossi bar Avin, Rabbi Yossi bar Zvida. Chad Amar, Shana, so we'll say, so one opinion says ultimately again that he taught it publicly. That Shana means to teach something publicly. Lachsha, whisper it, means you're teaching it privately, but not teaching it publicly. So what's going on over here? Man ditani Shana, Mishum Bittel Torah. So we'll say, understand what's happening over here. So we'll say, what's happening over here is essentially the modification of Takanas Ezra. Right? Ezra instituted a halacha. What was his halacha? What was his halacha? That a man who becomes a halacha, a man who has a similar mission, needs to go to the mikvah prior to learning Torah. What we begin to see, Abba say, is then there was a movement to do one of two things. According to Rabbi Hudib and Beseira, they actually like uprooted the halacha. They negated it. And we'll see how this, they negated it. According to this approach over here, they didn't negate it. Instead, what did they do? They modified it. How do they modify it? They say you don't need a mikvah. What do you need? What do you need? Tisha kabin. Need a shower. Don't need a mikvah. Need a shower. So so now there's a machlokas. How was this new modification taught? Was the modification taught kind of like privately and shared just with a select few? Or was the modification taught publicly? What's the machlokas? Watch this. So Mandatani Shana, the one who says that it was taught publicly, Mishum Bittel Torah. So they're both saying the concern was like this. Why did they feel the need to modify Takana Sezra? Why did they modify Takana Sezra? Because both said Takana Sezra was causing the negation of Torah study. Why? Because both say, again, so guys is telling me a mission, and then he doesn't have access to a mikvah for, for whatever reason, or it's too cold, or it's too whatever. So therefore, okay, I can't learn Torah, day off. You know, day off. Well, what, what am I going to do? So therefore, the, the Chazal, the rabbis felt compelled to, felt compelled to modify the Takana so as not to cause the negation of Torah study. And therefore, they taught the modification publicly. The Gemara says, Umishum bitl Furthermore, we'll say, Takanas Ezra introduced a, an unintended complication, which was, apparently, there was a decrease in the birth rate. Right? Why was there a decrease in the birth rate? Because again, if a man knows that ultimately, again, he can't learn Torah if he, if he doesn't go to the mikvah, can't daven if he doesn't go to the mikvah, then again, if he doesn't have access to a mikvah, it's going to have to cause him to think twice about, about what, what, if he should be intimate with his wife or not. As a result, it caused some level of negation of Pirvarivya. So therefore, in order to offset Bittl Tama Torah and Bittl Pirvarivya, they taught it publicly. The one who says ultimately again that they whispered it, they whispered it, is why did they whisper it? Because again, I'm saying now that this, now that this obligation for a mikvah was no longer in effect, they didn't want Tamdi Chachamim to constantly be with their wives. Right? Instead, they still wanted Tamdi Chachamim to exercise the same amount of proper restraint 
even in the permitted realm of intimacy. I just want to stop over here for today. We're kind of still in the middle of this, but we, what we do begin to see, fascinatingly enough, is Takanas Ezra in its original form. According to Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseira, it's totally abolished. According to everyone else, it's modified. We'll see the further modification in Merit HaShem tomorrow. And we're also going to do the Halakha. Am I saying? Shkoyach.